Hey there, fellow fans of British programming. Sarah Mason with Across the Pond Reviews. You may know me from the Herald and Modcast on the HMC Network. This episode, Pole Dark, Season 2, Episode 1. The season premiere happened in the States last night, Sunday, September 24th. Uh, was it the 24th? Might have been the 25th. I don't know. I lose track of time. I think it was the 24th. In any case, it aired in the uh, the UK in the beginning of the month. And luckily, we got it pretty quickly soon after, which was a shocker because first season we got way after the, the UK audiences got to see it. For those of you who have not caught up with season one, please do so before you listen to this recap because <laughs> there's a lot of spoilers involved. So we left off with a tragedy of Ross and Demelza losing their infant baby girl and Ross being taken off to prison because he supposedly incited a riot on the beach and plundered a shipwreck. But in reality, he was just trying to help the people get some food and also help the people get off the boat. That's where we start. We start with him before a tribunal, and they determine he needs to be set for trial because he's kind of being his typical self-righteous, snarky self, not being humble before the court. He's basically belligerent and tells them that, you know, to fuck off in polite words, which rightfully he should, but not when your life is at stake. So that happens, and uh, he goes back to tell Demelza, and she's understandably upset. We've got a lot of new characters coming at us in this season, uh, and old familiar ones as well. The most interesting one to me uh, is John Nettles, who plays Ray, uh, let me get the name right, Penvenin. Uh, He's... John Nettles as in Midsummer Murders, if you are fans of the series that is currently streaming the entire series on Netflix. It's kind of like the BBC's Law and Order. It's not, you know, it's all cops in the Midsummer England countryside, but it, it, it's every British actor ever has been on that show. Kind of like how every New York actor ever has been on Law and Order. So John Nettles is a welcome uh, new cast member. And his niece, Caroline Penvenin, and her sort of boy- boyfriend, Unwin Trevonance, who's a candidate for office. <laughs> Someone on Twitter, shout out to whoever that was, uh, posted that they wish there was a pole dark name generator because these names are so ridiculous. It's true. I mean, you've got those. You've got George Warlegan. It's awesome names. I want a name generator for Poldark. Please, somebody do that. And speaking of Warlegan, George, the evil dastardly dude, is back himself, and he's determined to uh, see Ross hang. And he does everything he can to buy the judge, buy the jury, buy witnesses, stack it all against him. And Elizabeth, Ross's long-lost love who married his cousin Francis. They're back, and they're kind of at odds, and 
Ross and Demelza are still not really talking to them, but Elizabeth is trying to help Ross. So she goes to George and kind of pleads with him. She still clearly loves him. And as we've heard in the rumors of this season, there's going to be a love triangle. And it looks like from the previews for the next episode, Ross is still kind of taken with her. But so she's throwing herself at George, who is in love with her, clearly. That's like, seriously. I mean, he I think he professed his love to her in season one when he was cheating at cards and Ross uncovered that. He's always doing something sneaky. And we basically find out in this episode that his whole thing, you know, he's not a noble by birth and he's, you know, new money, which is looked down upon by the old money nobility. And he's really threatened by Ross because even though Ross doesn't have anything, he has no money, he's struggling, all of that. He's got the birthright and he's also stands by his principles. And George is kind of like a slimy sleaze bucket who will do anything to get the, you know, be a gentleman and get all the things that he wants to go along with that. But Ross, there's a great scene where Ross basically says to him, you'll, I think it's, no, maybe it's Francis. I can't remember. Francis has a, Francis grows a pair of balls in this episode and he has it out after he finds out that George put out a false pamphlet annihilating Ross's character, basically saying, he was a murderer and a charlatan and a scumbag and a this and a that. And Francis gets up in his grill and basically says, you did this and what the hell is wrong with you? And even though George owns Francis because he owns basically his land because he lost his mill and his house in a game of poker like a total jerk. And uh, he still challenges him and he says, you know what? You'll never have the birthright, and that's what you always want. And and you see it in his face, like in George's face, like that's true. He didn't like that. He he hit her on nerve with that one. So Francis grows a pair, but then he sort of almost goes back to his pussoir ways because we think he's going to actually take his life. He goes into this room that our cute friend Dwight, the doctor, who is on Ross's side and is testifying for him on behalf of him, has kindly let Francis kind of come into because Francis has no place to stay in the town where they're doing uh, the trial, which happens to be holding these elections at the same time. So it's chaos in this town. And uh, Francis looks like he's about to like shoot himself. And uh, he doesn't. But he definitely has that sort of wavering... Um, self-pity thing going on and of course he knows that Elizabeth loves Ross and they have some weird interactions and she's still sort of pretending that she's on his side and I'm yours baby but she's not let's face it she loves Ross she wasn't supposed to come to the trial but she shows up Demelza was not supposed to come to the trial but she shows up with Verity who uh, takes uh, comes to her rescue to help her and Demel's is like desperate. She's trying. She sort of tries to bribe John Nettles, um, who's Ray. His character is Ray Penvenin, uh, thinking he might have some influence the judge. Then she finds out who the judge is, and she tries to sort of influence the judge, and that really backfires. They're trying to make an example of anyone who goes against the crown. And so the trial is pretty intense and we're not really sure what's going to happen. I mean, you know, the show is called Poldark, so you kind of figure he's not going to hang from the gallows, but 
they do it in a way that you're really not sure how they're going to get him out of this. And remember his his crappy servant that was always um, drunk and not doing everything, and he ended up having to uh, fire him. Well, that guy is recruited by Phil Davis, who plays Judd Painter. Uh, he's recruited by the lackeys of George Orlegan, and they basically bribe him and give him money to testify against Ross. So we think that's going to happen, and that would be kind of a nail in the coffin to have a former servant testify against their master in a court of law. Uh, a lot of it of the episode is really the prep up to the trial, uh, the backdrop of the election going on at the same time, the introduction of these new characters. The Caroline character is a little flirt that carries around a little pug dog in her hand. And she's taken by Dwight, the doctor, who seems to first be taken by her, but then is like, eh, shut up, bitch. I'm not going to play your game. We'll see where that goes because she's definitely going after him, even though this guy Unwin Travonance, who's running for office and is a complete douchebag. He's after her. He's got the favor of her uncle, John Nettles. And he, I guess he won his election. There's this weird situation where there was a tie and then they put someone up in a chair and he's in the chair and that's his claim to the election. And so George Willigan talks him into doing it too. And all the people in the square say, I haven't voted for you. And they throw like dog shit in his face and stuff or horse shit. It's odd, but I guess that's the way it went down. And we find out that he's basically going to be a, a bad guy, but sort of a dunce of a bad guy and probably a stooge for Warlegan more than anything else. Um, so there's a lot of setup of these new characters and also just Demelza and turmoil having to deal with Ross on trial. We find out that she's pregnant again and she hasn't told Ross and that's going to be complicated. Uh, Verity has a nice moment with Francis. They sort of make up except Francis says that he's never going to accept her husband. Cause if you remember from season one, her husband, she married her husband against the family's wishes because he has a criminal past, which they were not okay with. And she's gone off with him and secretly did it. And they've basically disowned her. Francis wants her to be back in his life, but she's storms off when he says, I won't accept your husband. So we'll see how that one, that pans out as well. And so of course we've got the beautiful Cornwall backdrop. The scenery, the cinematography, as always, is incredible. They do a really nice job with this production. It's, it's, it really is. It's the acting's good. The storyline is, you know, it's it's soap opera ish for sure, but it's it's a higher grade of soap opera, and it kind of keeps you interested. And Aiden Turner, it really rests on his shoulders. He's fantastic. I mean, I'm not just saying that because. Full disclosure, I am a huge Being Human fan, was a huge fan of him as Mitchell, and an even huger fan of him as Killy in the Hobbit trilogy, because I'm a freak Hobbit fan. Uh, I just think he's a great actor. I've, uh, I did a review of his turn in And Then There Were None, the Agatha Christie adaptation of her most famous novel. Uh, you can check that on our website at thehmcnetwork.com under 
Across the Pond Reviews. Uh, he was great in that. He's great in this. He really sells it. You buy it with him. He's hot as fuck, let's face it. And yes, he does take his shirt off again in this episode, which is nice. He's in the mine. and But the, the guy's a good actor. It's funny to hear him do this British ac- accent, too, and then listen to an interview with this adorable Irish accent, which I wish he could do instead. One of the things I was thinking about in terms of Poldark and our those of us in the U.S. who are fans, there is a niche group of fans, and it was trending on Twitter, and you know people are watching it, but it's not really taken the frenzy hysteria that it has in the U.K. or that a show like Walking Dead, or Game of Thrones has over here, and even to an extent, Outlander is much more popular in the states. And you know the thing is, you're trying to get an American audience to root for a former uh, British revolutionary fighter. (laughs) You know, I mean, I know that he was against his, he didn't really want to be there, but in fact he was, and we were their enemies. And that is, you know, Americans are so America rah-rah, especially right now with our elections going on. And so it doesn't shock me that Americans in like by the numbers are not taking to the idea of following a British drama that takes place after the character came back from fighting Americans in the revolutionary war. I mean, if you can get past that and you should, cause it's a great show. They do a nice job with it. Again, Aiden Turner's fantastic. Eleanor Tomlinson who plays Demelza is really, really a great actor. I'm a big fan of hers. Hyda Reed does a good job. Although with Elizabeth, they're not really giving her that much. I mean, she was kind of just like pretty simpy Elizabeth, like going pining after Ross. I really wish they would do more with that character. Uh, George Willegan's a little cartoonish as he was in the first season. Francis is a little cartoonish too. I mean, so that's, I think that that's also the difference from my perspective in uh, versus like an outlander the the characters are are kind of go right to the level of the line of cartoonish for me uh, but not enough for me not to really be a fan of it and want to root for them and keep watching it it's definitely got that sort of Downton Abbey soap feel to it Uh but they do a really amazing job with the setting and the period and and just relaying that time period in the characters. So I give this episode, premiere episode, I give it a nine. I thought it was great, actually. Uh, I think they did everything they needed to do for the fans. The payoff's great. Uh, go watch it because I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end. Ha ha. It's definitely does everything that the fans are looking for. So I give it a nine and I will be back for episode two, season two of Poldark. Check your local listings. It's now airing on Masterpiece in the States, PBS. Thanks, y'all. Go to our website, thehmcnetwork.com. Listen to the Herald Modcast, uh, game reviews, product reviews, and a lot more stuff. Thanks, y'all.